0: We can
1: welcome her to the stage. Everybody give her a big round of applause. And it's starting our service by reading God's word. We just want to thank you for coming tonight. We want to thank our ISN affiliates and network. Uh, We're just so honored that you're here with us tonight. So please open up your word to Leviticus 26, verse and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. to focus tonight, I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. In the amplified version it says to stand upright and tall. Some of us came in tonight yoked to, and what a yoke is, is a tool that joins you to something else. Some of you guys came in tonight joined to illness, joined to a bondage of pornography, abuse, but not tonight. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, 28, 30, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You are a child of the living God. You are free from bondage. You are free from illness. So tonight we're gonna yoke his reputation, His reputation. We can trust in that. So I want all of you who are believing in something tonight to come up to the front. Everyone who is believing for breakthrough, whether it's in your marriage, whether if it's at home. And I want us to join in worship alongside the yokes by Jesus. You're going to lead us into worship tonight. And I want you to worship like your promise is right there. Like it's right there at your fingertips. You got to believe it. You got to yoke yourself to his faith. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for tabernacling with us. Thank you for confirming your covenant with us tonight. We worship you and we attach ourselves to your reputation. We attach ourselves to what you did on the cross for us. And we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name.
0: My praise is a weapon. Oh, you deserve, you deserve the highest praise. You deserve the highest praise. You deserve the highest praises. You deserve the highest praises. Oh, you deserve the highest praises. Only you are Let's just praise him tonight for a second. Just lift up your own song. Hallelujah. Every time. So the way that we wage war is very different from the way that the natural does. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but we wage war with our friends. We wage war with our worship. We count the joy in every battle because we know that that's where God proves himself faithful every single time. I've grown to know him in a deeper way. I've grown to know him as defender, as savior, as redeemer, as conqueror. I've grown to know him as friend, somebody who never leaves us or forsakes us. He's in the fire, he's in the water, he's on the mountain. He's in every situation and circumstance that we come up against. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to wonder what our natural eyes see. don't have to dictate how we feel and how we move forward. It's amazing what happens when we praise him before we have the answer. When we praise him before the battle's won. When we praise him before we see the victory. We put our faith in you alone. And the name above every name. There's no other name but the name that is Jesus, he who was and still is, and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. Come on, sing that verse again. Say, There's no other name, proclaim it. There is no
2: Pay Sure.
3: Let's sing it, let's sing it. Come on, let's sing it, let's sing it. in the house those that were watching around the world lift your hands wherever you are let's just let's continue to thank him for the next 30 seconds thank him thank him thank him for his goodness 30 seconds thank him I just heard the Lord say to me in my spirit a moment ago. He said, Todd, I love hearing this. It was like, he says, don't stop it. He said, don't stop. In all things, he says, in all things, in all things, giving thanks. We're not thankful for all the bad things may be happening to us, but we can be thankful unto Him who is our rear guard. And if I look toward the mountains from whence come my help, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That hmm. He'll never leave me. Nor will he ever forsake me. He'll never abandon me. I'll never be an orphan. I'll never be fatherless. I'll never be comfortless. I'll never be friendless. Without the instruments, Father, we thank you. We thank you. And we give you glory tonight. Lord, to the best of our human ability. To the best of all we know to do. we come to you and set the table. To worship you and to praise you. I thank you for the deep, deep, deep work that you will accomplish tonight. That tonight will record on this 83rd week unprecedented breakthrough in people's hearts and minds. Every drug addict in this room, every prodigal, every backslider, Every wayward child you are here because there's something in you that you know is real and he will meet you in this place He will either meet you at this altar in the water he will meet you for that I give him thanks every sick body will encounter the great physician tonight every sick body will encounter the great physician tonight Every sick mind will encounter the greatest psychiatrist and deliverer and counselor and therapist that you've ever known. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's give him a shout of praise in the house as you're seated. Yes. Yes. Greet about five people around you, 20 people. Introduce yourself to them. You're going to be next to them for the next hour or so. A couple of hours, five hours, ten hours. Introduce yourself to them tonight. Make them feel welcome to the North Georgia Revival. Bible week number 83, let's give the Lord praise for that, yes, 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 in January 2018, it was right there on this platform, the Lord showed us that there's fire in the water, he gave me a vision of our baptistry, and he said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire, and he has been doing that over the last 18 months. What's going to happen tonight is the same thing that happened in the last 82 weeks. It will be extraordinary. The encounter that we're going to have with him as a result of the preaching and the water. It is not about feeling anything in the water. It's not about an emotional encounter, but it is about an encounter. We do not back off of that. I believe when the Lord gives us a word and a promise that he will live up to his end. And I believe that tonight that supernatural signs and wonders will happen. But even more than that, there will be something supernatural that happens in your heart. For if you leave this place physically changed and not spiritually changed, then we have failed. If you leave this place feeling better in your body with no pains and aches and your heart is not turned to him, then we have failed. We believe miracles will happen, but the greatest of all miracles I believe and encounters is that I come in here and in a moment, behold him. He comes to me and I change. That is our heart tonight, and God, I ask that you make that so in all of us tonight. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Wow. He's here, Pastor David. Well, it is my joy again to um, welcome you here. I want our ushers to come forward and let us receive an offering tonight before we turn everything over to Pastor David to preach the word. Let me remind you that on Thursday there will be a a very large contingent of our North Georgia Revival pastors and teams and churches will be invading uh, in Washington, D.C. Come on. Yep. Most of our team will arrive on Thursday, but we will um, uh, do ministry starting Friday. And Saturday this is a historical moment for our nation not that this is the only thing that has been going on in Washington DC but it is historical because there is another element added to all the work that has gone on before and what God is doing at the North Georgia Revival is literally spreading all over the country and all over the world People are being touched and changed and churches are being revived. Communities are coming together and experiencing God. Pastors are uh, setting down their differences and uniting, praying together and cooperating together. We are experiencing the awakening of the awakening with what's happening here in North Georgia and in Dalton, Georgia, Dawsonville, what is going on in Texas, What is going on in Florida, what is going on in Missouri, what is going on in North Carolina, what is going on in Kentucky and in Arizona and many other places. It's soon to be in California. Yeah. It is a groundswell of momentum from small to mid-sized churches where pastors have had enough. And they're saying, oh, God, come and meet with your people. I appreciate what God is doing here and the privilege to take it to Washington DC and to baptize people in the shadow of the Capitol, in the shadow of the Washington Monument and the shadow of the Houses of Congress is a significant moment. I wanna encourage you to give tonight. Our budget for the Washington trip has been met yeah, come on, let's give God praise for that. But tonight's giving will help us host His presence here at the North Georgia Revival. Uh, the expenses are between $3,000 to $4,000 every Sunday night, and sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but on the average about $3,500 to $3,700. Please remain faithful to that and be giving and you have and it's been such a blessing to us so let's stand and let's give tonight you can text to give if you did not come to prepare or prepared to give I want to encourage you two things Um, I want to encourage you to go to the book table tonight and, and get these two books he sat down and he sent him these are very significant works and I believe what the Lord is doing so please go by there and pick up those two books on your way out tonight. Are you ready to give? I said, Are you ready to give? Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to sow seed into the kingdom tonight. That all of us will sow sacrificially. And we will pay it forward. So the others that are coming behind us experience what we're experiencing tonight we rejoice in this remarkable gathering we thank you for the ISN network that is hosting this and broadcasting it around the world thank you for Facebook and YouTube that six months to a year from now somebody will find this service And be changed. Bless the giving tonight. And everybody said amen. And amen. You may be seated in the house. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Brother Phil, where are you? Philip Fields, where are you? Come here, bro. Um, I want him to come and, and share. Last night we were in Peachtree City, right at uh, outside of Peachtree City, I guess, in Fayetteville, Georgia. At Heritage Christian Church, the building was full. And uh, we, you guys baptized till 1.40 in the morning. 1.40 in the morning, south of Atlanta. There's something special going on down there. 100 people got baptized. Anything significant happened?
4: Uh, we saw many things happen that were really powerful. One of the most powerful was this lady got out of her wheelchair, walked up a set of steps that she couldn't even walk. She walked up a set of steps, down a set, into the baptism, got baptized, asked to go down twice. Came up the second time, walked back up the steps, down again out of the building
3: and out of the At (laughs) at midnight at midnight wow anything else oh we saw a pastor who uh is in the
4: middle of a restoration season in his life his right shoulder completely locked up and he said i'm believing for the fire i said what else do you need he said my right shoulder's locked up I said, I believe he'll give you both. And sure enough, when he came up out of the water, he said, oh, wow, look at my shoulder.
3: And Philip, you're not even a pastor. No, sir.
4: No, sir. Well, I've been in the ministry for over 30 years, but we don't have a church. This is our second meeting. The first time we baptized over 200, this time over 100. And the question is, when are you coming back?
3: You mean me? No, no, no. (laughs) Thank you for that invitation. But uh, um, the Lord's moving. There's something significant happening in South of Atlanta. And uh, we just give the Lord praise and glory because this is completely transferable. Completely transferable. What God's doing here, he can do in every church so Philip, I, I appreciate you and your wife. You're going to be joining us in Washington, D.C. this weekend, helping us out. So let, let Philip know that you love him. I got time for one more testimony. Where's Cal? Cal, where are you again? Cal, come here. Cal, you're listen. This morning he came to church. I kid you not. I know this is crude for me to say, but he, I, we came in the service to, uh, and I wanted Cal to come on up and to, um, to give his testimony, and he was in the bathroom in the middle of the service. And I appreciate you holding it this time, Cal. Come on up here. Yeah, all the way from Detroit, Michigan, he and his family. Where are you guys from Michigan? Stand up. All of you guys stand up. One more time, all the way from Michigan. Thank you guys for coming. And Cal... Uh, I know you shared the story this morning, but share the two stories about what happened to someone that got to the North Georgia Revival right here in these waters a few weeks ago.
5: Sure, I have some dear friends, David Connie Bauer, and uh, they heard about what was going on here, that the Lord was walking here and they wanted to meet him in the waters. They came down, Connie stood in proxy for a little baby in their church, seven months old, never come home. could not inflate the lungs. Several surgeries, nothing, um, and then also her brother-in-law, esophageal cancer, big a lump on his throat, and uh, they came down. She stood in proxy. They also asked for a, an anointing. They have a a, a ministry, and um, about they felt the anointing. By the way, their ministry increased, um, but about the week later. Um, all of a sudden, Connie got a little text from the mother of this baby. And apparently the baby was pawing at its uh, oxygen mask. And the nurses mo- moved the mask so the baby could just get a little more comfortable. Their lungs inflated and it never went back on. Come on church, stand to your feet and let's give God some praise. God, we bless you.
3: We honor you. We thank you for what you did. God, we thank you. Father, it's nameless and it's faceless. No man gets the glory but you, Jesus. If someone was willing to travel, I don't know how many miles from Detroit to here, 12 hours. 12-hour drive to get in the water on behalf of a seven-month-old baby whose lungs had never inflated. You may think it's coincidence. You may think it all of a sudden. I'm, listen, for 83 weeks, we have seen too much to believe otherwise. We have seen too much to believe otherwise.
5: Just remain standing. Uh, the brother-in-law with the not that lump in his throat. Uh, didn't want to come. Didn't want to. I was too afraid of that whole situation. Didn't want to come. Went to the doctor a week after. No lump in his throat. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Cal, we would have never, never known about those two stories unless you told us. Happy to be
5: here. We can't wait to get in those waters tonight. Woo! My Lord. Thank you, Cal.
3: Before you're seated, just remain standing. Pastor, no, you can go, Cal. I want to encourage you to do something for me tonight. I'm about to introduce a pastor that I love dearly, a son in the faith. I've watched him grow up and serve God and to be used of God mightily. Pastor David, there's a new anointing on you. This book that you wrote called The Prodigal Father needs to be in every home. You may have been raised right, But you may know someone that wasn't raised right and didn't have a father in the home. This book right here needs to be in every home in America. It's called The Prodigal Father. This book, The Joshua Generation, needs to be in every library in America, every home. This book, The Forming Process, one of the first books that you wrote, I ate it up when I traveled around the world in 27 days. This is a 27-day devotional. I don't know if I've ever read a book with more revelation in it than this book right here. I need every book that he wrote to be completely gone tonight, not because he needs the money, but simply because of the revelation that's in in these books. Now listen to me, church. In my church, we've been talking about the power of deposit. Deposit this information and this revelation into your soul. Get this a part, make this a part of your daily routine. So, Pastor David, I have a flight to catch. I've got to leave. Tomorrow morning, I will be standing in front of several hundred pastors in Louisville, Kentucky. I need this group to pray. I need us to pray. So, the first thing I want you to do is to pray for our D.C. trip and pray that those several hundred pastors get ignited and infected with the revival virus. Would you put your hands together and help me welcome the man of God tonight, Pastor David Edmondson.
6: Your spouse, come to the front with me We're going to pray right now Every lead pastor, uh, associate pastor If you're a pastor, evangelist, five-fold ministry uh, Come quickly, hallelujah Youth pastor, surely I don't have to name them all (laughs) Amen Glory Pastor Marty, will you and Miss Paula just come in the center right here and let's just gather around them. <clears throat> I come from the old Pentecostal church. Uh, I don't know why God put me with a bunch of Baptists, but He put me with a bunch of Baptists, I guess to get most of my theology corrected but uh, uh and so that so that happened. but the Lord we used to do this in in the church uh, not periodically, every service and 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 we see this in the bible when the centurion came his uh child was sick right and he sent people and said tell jesus my 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 servant it was his servant was sick and he said tell tell him and uh jesus said tell him i'm coming to his house he said no just just speak the word and so His servant was healed because he stood in that gap. He was in obedience. So we're going to pray as pastor has asked us to pray. And so just lay your hands on them. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we pray and we lay our hands on Pastor Marty and Miss Paula. God, we're praying a covering over Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen, Lord. God, as he travels right now, we pray angels be around him in the name of Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against him shall be able to prosper. Our words are seed into the spirit right now. We pray protection over Pastor Karen as Pastor Todd is gone. Father, I pray that as he stands in the morning, that the fire of the living God will come up from within his belly and will come out of him and infect every pastor, every leader that is at that conference with the revival virus. Father God, that America will be changed for the glory of God. This world will be changed for the glory of God. Let what's happened, happening in the North Georgia revival go to Louisville, Kentucky. Father, I pray that when his feet hit the ground, that the atmosphere is changed because the prophet of the Lord has arrived and the atmosphere must bow to what God has ordained. And Father God, we pray for our trip to Washington, D.C. God, yet again, when our feet hit the ground, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess to the Christ that is on the inside of us. Do what only you can do, Father. We give you that time. We pray protection over everyone that's traveling. And God, we say that this nation will be shaken by the fire and the glory of God. And the water of baptism and immersion. And we call it done in Jesus' name. Shout amen. 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 Give him a hand clap of praise. He's worthy. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. He is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm excited. Our, Our brother from Michigan there. Uh, when he said, "I cannot wait to get into the water," something just rose up in me, man. I said, "Man, we got to to get into the water tonight, but uh, before we do, we're going to be prepared uh, in our spirits by the Word of God." The Bible says, "How can they hear unless there be a preacher?" God chose preaching to declare His Word to all the all the earth, and so preaching is. Though, uh, you know, in the modern church now, the 21st century church, the American church, preaching has become uh, a lot about a show. Uh, That's never what God intended. God intended that his word be preached with anointing and with power. Power that demands the atmosphere. Like I prayed to bow at his feet. We were in the the meeting, the pre-service meeting there, and Pastor... Todd alluded to something about the spiritual atmosphere over this place, and it's kind of funny because it seems like every time I preach, he says the same thing. Now, we're in there sometimes, and and maybe one of Pastor Robbie or Pastor Don or one of the other pastors is going to preach, and Pastor Todd will be like, oh, I saw angels today. And the angels said, we're going to be standing in the sanctuary and we shall deliver every person. And there's going to be gold dust and, and all this stuff. Every time I preach, Pastor Todd says, tonight's going to be warfare. It's going to be a fight tonight. Every time I preach. I looked at the pastor beside me and he kind of raised his eyebrows and I said, Brother, it's all right. I fought my whole life. I fought my whole life. It's nothing new to me uh, to fight, and it's nothing new to me to fight in the spirit. And so maybe, maybe one day the enemy's gonna wise up and strategically plan to have warfare when I'm not preaching. Because when I'm preaching, bless God, he's gonna be defeated in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. And so tonight is going to be the exact same way. And so uh, I'm not a preacher that thrives on your amens or your shouts, even though I preach shorter, the more you amen and shout. Amen. If, if you don't say nothing, I'm just going to keep preaching until you do say something. Amen. So we'll be here, we'll be here all night. But the faster you listen, the faster I can preach. But um, I'm not going to worry about that tonight because I want, I want to, I'm here to deliver something into your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Father, we bless your word. We honor your word. We glorify your name through your word tonight. Everything that comes out of my mouth will be ordained by you. I'm nothing more than your vessel. I'm nothing more than your son. I'm the conduit from which heaven is going to pour itself into this room. And sickness will flee. And depression will flee. And restoration will come. And salvation will come and deliverance will come because your word shall be spoke tonight with power, with authority, with clarity, with wisdom. And I declare it to be so in Jesus' holy name. Somebody say amen. I want to preach to you a message that the Lord gave me several years ago. I alluded to it, uh, uh, you know, I was preaching, I don't know, it was probably three or four times ago, so several months ago. And I kind of alluded to it just a little bit but I can't get it out of my spirit tonight. I want to preach to you a message uh, that the Lord gave me called the Law of Double Bearing. The Law of Double Bearing. You say, well, I've never heard that before. I'd never heard that before either. But tonight I want to preach that to you. But before I do, I want to give you a little mini sermon that's going to set up uh, and, and build your faith for the Law of Double Bearing. Are you with me? I preached a message a few weeks ago. I was scheduled to preach here, and the Lord gave me a word. And I came to preach that night, and the Holy Spirit began to move, and I didn't uh, get the opportunity to preach. So I preached it at my church. I said, Lord, if it's good enough for revival, bless God, it's good enough for Covenant Connections Church. And the title of the message was, Even Faith Has a But. Even Faith Has a But. And I took the text, and I'm building a foundation for you, so listen to me very clearly. I took, and I began to study about Romans chapter 10. We know this scripture, and you're going to know it when I quote it. It's Romans chapter 10, verse 7. And when we quote it and we read, 17, when we quote it and we read it, we read it like this. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How many of you have ever heard that scripture before? Just raise your hand in the building. should be about everybody unless this is your first time at church. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've heard that scripture all my life. I've preached from that scripture several times in my ministry. And I never really understood what it meant. Because What I was being taught was the more you hear the word of God, the more faith you're going to have. But I've been pastoring for over 20 years now, and sometimes the more people hear, the less faith they have. Because they get in tradition, they get in doctrine, they get comfortable with God's presence. Are you with me? And so I begin to wrestle with this scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I did a study on this scripture and I found out that it has nothing to do with or little to do with what we say it has. That is a major problem in the American church. We would rather preach things that sound good and rhyme than things that are theologically and scripturally accurate. We would rather preach things that give us a good bring us a good offering or draw good attendance than to preach things and teach things that equip God's people with power. I don't need you to shout. I'm here to preach to you anyway. I studied this scripture out and you must first understand that verse 17 hinges on verse 16. Verse 16 if you can pull that up if you can, Romans 10 Verse 16, it says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Elias says, Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? Now, what he's quoting here, can I teach you just a moment? Now, what he's what he's quoting here is a scripture from Isaiah 53 where Isaiah the prophet is, is, is in a dichotomic situation because he's declaring as a prophet the word of the Lord. People are hearing the word, but they're not mixing faith with the word, so the word has become void. So he quotes this scripture And he says, I'm in a position just like Isaiah, where he said, God, here I am preaching. Here I am doing what you've called me to do. I'm declaring the word, but my question is, who is going to believe it? And then he makes this statement, so faith cometh by hearing, but hearing by the word of God. Now, this is how it's translated in most English uh, uh, literature and Bibles. But watch this now. This scripture is often misquoted. I'm saying this for a reason. Before we get into that water, we've got to hear from God. Are you here? I struggle with people that come and and their faith is in God. And I had a lady come to me. It shook my world. It rocked my world. About four years ago, a lady was dying of cancer. She came and she had about 20... $700 $700 or something like that. And, and they were, the doctors were saying, we can't do anything with you. Uh, and she was going to try these natural uh, remedies and all this stuff. And she said, she called me one day and she said, Pastor, instead of spending the money on natural remedies, I'm going to come and I'm going to give everything I have as an offering to the church. And I'm going to believe God to heal me. On the phone with her, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, you're going to die. I knew it. I didn't understand it, but I knew this woman is going to die. I didn't say that, of course, because as a good pastor, you don't want to destroy people's faith. I told her, I said, listen, you, you do what is in your heart, but I'm not telling you to come bring us an offering or whatever, but I'm not going to tell you not to do what you feel God has told you to do. She came, she brought the offering, and just a few weeks later, she passed away. Here I am as a pastor with this offering, don't know what to do. I offered it back to her family. I said, we'll pay you the, the, the money that your mom gave you. You know, I just don't want there to be any misunderstanding here. Your mom loved God. Her faith was in that God was going to heal her. But I had to watch them close the casket on a woman who came in faith and still didn't get what she had. Being in ministry over 25 years, I've seen a lot of people come in faith believing and leave not getting what they had. But we quote this scripture, faith comes by hearing. And so we continue to preach, hoping that the more you hear, sometime your faith is gonna be built. Now watch this. To really understand this context, of of this scripture, you've got to understand this. It says, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now let's examine this right here because when you examine this scripture in its original text, there are no verbs. There are no verbs. So for us to read this in English properly, they put in verbs because you know for us to have a structured sentence, you got to have a verb in there somewhere. There are no verbs. Here is the way this scripture should read. Now faith is in what has been spoken and the ability to hear comes by the word of God. Not faith increases by hearing the word, but faith is in the word. Oh, Y'all ain't saying nothing. So unlike modern-day theology and the common Christian view, listen to me, Paul's emphasis here is not on growing your faith, but the ability to hear. Isaiah, the prophet, was saying, God, who will hear what I'm saying? Who's got the ability to hear what I am saying? He quotes this scripture, and he says, faith, can't faith, Is in what has been spoken. I wish you would get this so I can move on. Listen to me. We see the working together of faith and hearing. Working together. We see it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Are you here? Here we see again, there's the ability to hear, and then there's faith placed in the ability to hear. What I'm trying to tell you is faith needs a birthing place. Faith has got to have a womb. The womb, faith is not the starting place. Are you here? The starting place, it says faith comes by what has heard, been been spoken. But the ability to hear what's been spoken only comes by the word of God. Now I want to show you just quickly an illustration that I showed our people and then I'm going to get into to what God has me for. So Pastor uh, Cody, come here for just a second quickly. Faith comes by, faith is in what is heard. I'm still trying to quote the whole thing that we've been saying all the time. Faith is in what has been spoken. But the ability to hear only comes by The word of God Here is our our dilemma We're crying out for faith And we always judge our faith And our measure of faith By what happens But you can't do that Because faith doesn't always produce the same thing Hebrews chapter 11 teaches us And it goes through and it says By faith Abel offered a more uh, excellent sacrifice than Cain He by faith offered a better sacrifice. Then it goes on to say, by faith, Enoch was translated. Right? Same faith, not a different faith. It made Abel excel and it made Enoch escape. Same faith. Are you here? Then it says, by faith, Moses had to build an ark. He had to endure. He wasn't miracled out like Enoch. He had to build an ark and go through his situation. Same faith. But we as the church judge people's faith by if they get their miracle or not. My only problem with that is Paul could not be a man of faith. If so, why when he prayed three times for God to remove the thorn in his flesh, did he still have the thorn in his flesh? By our measure, he had no faith. But here's the difference. Paul still had faith because he had heard from God. What did God say? God said, my grace is sufficient. So you never hear Paul praying about the thorn in his flesh ever again because he heard what God said. So faith comes by what is heard. Got it? But Hearing, having the ability to hear only comes, what does it say? By the word of God. So instead of focusing on getting more faith, what I need to focus on on is getting closer to God. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. The ability to hear comes by the word of God. Well, we know John said in the beginning was... The Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God it goes on to say that the word became flesh, so Jesus is the Word so when I get closer to God, he gives me the ability to hear y'all ain't saying nothing y'all ain't saying nothing now I got a lady you in the far back back there i can 't see who is that Michelle stand up Michelle Michelle is approximately Know how big your sanctuary is, Pastor Marty? She's approximately fifty feet from me. But that be just, shes approximately fifty feet from me, right now. If I take down this microphone, Michelle, can you hear me? She can't hear me. Why is it because I'm not speaking? is it because what i'm speaking is not true is it because what i'm speaking doesn't have power no it has nothing to do with me and my ability to speak it is because she's not close enough she's not by me she's away from me i I wish you would get this so i can move on hearing only comes the word of God so the closer I get to God he gives me the ability to hear and once I have the ability to hear I have no problem with faith because faith comes when I have the ability to hear hearing only comes by the word of God somebody say amen are you here are you here tonight You are going to hear the word of God. I'm not here to increase your faith. I'm here to impart to you the ability to hear God. If we ever lived in a time, if there's ever been a time where we need people hearing from God, it is right now. It is, listen, we don't have a problem with faith. The Buddhists have more faith than most Christians. The Muslims have more faith than most Christians. It's not a faith issue. It's a hearing issue. And the hearing comes, the lack of hearing, pastor, comes because we're closer to the pastor than we are the word. We're closer to the, to, the, to the prophet or the evangelist than we are with the word. So if the prophet starts speaking something that's a little contrary because their motives are wrong, we still put faith in it because we had not been close enough to the word to say, wait a minute, you're wrong. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. Now watch this. I have struggled all week in knowing what to preach tonight. Struggle all week. God, what do, what do I preach? What in the world do I preach? What do I preach? Go get me them. Uh, I, I want both of them. Give me, give me both of them. Struggle God. what do I preach. Because, see, I'm not a preacher, and none of the preachers you're going to ever see on this platform are preachers that are desirous for you to see us. That is never our desire. Our desire is to, like I prayed, to be the conduit between God and you. God, I've sat there and I prayed, God, don't even let them see me. I don't even care if they ever give me any accolades. But God, let them see your presence. Let them see you. I was sitting there struggling. Just hold him for a second. I was sitting there struggling. God what do you want me to say to the people And I had three or four different directions And one day I'd feel real good about one I'd go to bed I'd wake up And then the next day I'd feel real good about the other one Today I flip flop from four or five different things I'm on my way here to the church And I'm saying God don't do this to me now Now you I know you're sitting up there patting your foot laughing at me And you think it's funny but it is not funny I'm about to stand on the the, the internet We're going to broadcast throughout the world. I'm going to be preaching to Andrew. I need something from God. Watch this now. I said, God, I know you'll speak to me. I didn't put, listen, I didn't try to stir my faith up. I just comfortably, I just comfortably said, God, I know if I'm near you, I'll be able to hear you when you speak. Then all of a sudden, Where's the beautiful little girl that did the, did the, uh, Joanna, where are you at, honey? No, 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 the little pretty girl that read the scripture. I don't care, stop taking pictures, come here, where are you at? I mean, surely you ain't in the bathroom taking pictures, ain't nothing in there no picture. Amen. My God, I'm in here if you want to take a picture. Somebody find her. We'll wait. Y'all ought to know me by now. I w- Listen, I'll mess something up, but I guarantee you I'll be obedient. I will be obedient. Somebody say amen. Because I got a word to speak to her. Huh? Okay, she's coming. Let me go ahead and tell you while she's coming. I've been battling and the word that I've really been battling, come on up here. Stand right over here is where I saw you standing. Stand right over there, right by my security guy. I'm gonna call him my security guy. Right right here on this square right here. I want you to stand right there. How many of y'all like this new carpet? Isn't it beautiful? Stand right there. Watch this now. I was struggling. My faith began to get a little weary. God, are you going to speak? But I said, God, I know if I stay close to you, I'll have the ability to hear. In Revelations, God continues to speak to the seven churches. And in all seven churches, he says something different except for two things. After he got done giving them a uh, temporal promise and an eternal promise he always said to all seven churches here's who I'm talking to those who are faithful and those who have an ear that can hear he never once mentioned those who have great faith he said if you can hear you're going to get what I'm telling you so I said God if I can just stay close my God you're going to speak to me and then this beautiful little girl got up here and she said Some of you are yoked together. When she said it, my shoes about flew off my feet. Because God had been dealing with me saying, preach the law of double bearing. Do you know what it centers around? Being yoked together. Now let me tell you something. I don't know you. I've seen you around here. You're beautiful and all this kind of stuff. And I thank God for you. Give me somebody behind her. Just in case, because God's about to rock your world. Because, listen to me. Because tonight, Pastor Karen, I don't know. Are you? Do you go to this church? You go to this. Church? Okay, okay. Well, th- let me tell you something. You're looking at one of your predecessors right here. I heard that when I was standing right here. Your anointing will be double on her. The fire of God rests upon you. And tonight in front of God and everybody, he he points you out, he stands you out, and he says, my daughter, you shall carry my fire, you shall carry my anointing, you shall be equipped tonight to go into all the world and preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. Your feet are shod with the preparation of peace. Your hands are anointed to heal and set free by the power of God. God, I place the anointing of the living God upon you. Carry it in Jesus' holy name. Somebody give it praise. Shall raise up prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors in the name of Jesus, devil! You can't shut this house up. It will produce. It will produce. It will produce in the name of Jesus. Sorry about that. Hallelujah. a abokoshaya fire of God fill this house oh God in the name of Jesus faith is in what is heard but the ability to hear only comes by him It only comes by him now watch this Pastor Cody has two yokes right here this is a single yoke this is a double yoke Give me a, Cody, come on up here too. Hallelujah. You want me to help you? And so you each grab one end. Are you here? Yes. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to do it quickly. You ready? Yes. The law of double bearing. Touch your neighbor say the law of double bearing. The Bible says that the law of the Spirit of Christ has freed us from the law of sin and death. We're in a culture now that says that we are lawless. That we as Christians live under one law and that law is grace. And we can do anything because we are under grace and we're not under the law. Let me tell you what freed you from the law of sin and death. Another law. The law of the Spirit. So you are not a lawless people. You are under the laws of the Spirit. Which means if the Bible says the wages of sin is death and you continue in sin, you can pray all you want to. You will experience death until you come out from under the sin that has you bound. We don't want to hear it, but that's the way it is. It's a law. Are you here? It's a law. So what I'm going to preach to you in the next very few minutes is the law of double-bearing. I was sitting in my office in Dahlonega, Georgia, pastoring the Rock of Dahlonega years ago. And I was sitting there saying, God, what is the problem? Why are your people? Why am I not seeing the miracles I read about? Why am I not seeing what you you promised that we would do by our hands? Why am I not seeing it? And he spoke these words to me, the law of double-bearing. The law of double-bearing has confined my people. And I'm here tonight to break the law of double-bearing off of your life. Watch this now. You can pull these scriptures up, but I'm not going to have time to to deal with them. Luke chapter 8, we read about a woman who had had an issue of blood for 12 years. Are you all with me? Had an issue of blood for 12 years. Your Bible said that as Jesus walked through the city, the woman heard, let me get over here, the woman heard that Jesus was healing people and doing what nobody else could do. The moment she heard it, she had no problem with faith, because as soon as she heard it, her faith came into action, and she went. Now, watch this. Your Bible says as Jesus walked, that the woman who had an issue, everybody say issue, that word issue means to flow. It means to flow. She had a flow for 12 years. Your Bible says she sought out the care of many physicians, but they made the matter worse. They couldn't do anything with her. She, didn't have a, she couldn't be with her husband. She hadn't been in her family. She hadn't been able to go to the market. She hadn't been able to work. She had been confined in a place of loneliness for 12 years. Why? Because she had an issue. Watch this now. She had an issue, which means to flow. You got me? Watch this. Jesus is walking through the city, has no idea that this woman is here. And the Bible says she pressed through the crowd. Why? Because she heard that Jesus was in the building. Watch this now. As he walked through, the Bible says she pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. Are you with me? And the Bible said Jesus did something real peculiar. He said he turns around and he looked at his disciples and he said, Who touched me? And they said, Oh my God, what are you talking about? Is this one of them parables that you, you tell us knowing we don't know the answer? There's all people thronging you, and what do you mean you touch? Now watch this. Jesus said, No, somebody touched me because I felt virtue. Same word. It means to flow. He said, when this woman touched me, I started flowing. Watch this now. Watch this now. This woman, you, you hold that. This woman was yoked for, tw- God, where did we get these things out of? The- I mean, these things are real. For 12 years, she was yoked to an issue that she could not conquer. For 12 years, she prayed about it. She sought God about it. She sought doctors about it, and nothing changed because she was carrying the issue. She was yoked to the issue. Are you here? The Bible says that she had an encounter with Jesus what was her issue? She had a flow. Is that right? She had a flow. Is that right? She had an encounter with Jesus. The moment she touched him, he began to do what? And then what happened to her? The law of double bearing is when you both try to carry the same thing at the same time this is a yoke which which yokes two animals together usually they have uh you know guidelines and 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 all these things well the rains and all this stuff but they're yoked together now, we preach messages on marriage and stuff about being unequally yoked. That's found in 2 Corinthians when Paul is talking to the church and he's not mentioning anything about marriage. He's really talking more along the lines of business. The reason God, Jesus, most of his, most of his, his uh, parables dealt with business and money because once he can bring it to you in a biz- business concept, then it works for everything. Are you here? So what's this she had an issue she was flowing she carried it the moment she touched jesus he started flowing she stopped flowing are you here he picked up the yoke that she was carrying give him this one she was carrying the yoke she gave it to him he started flowing she stopped flowing Why? Because they both could not flow at the same time. She couldn't carry her issue, and he carried it as well. Are you here? Let me give you another one. I got 11 minutes. You ready? Watch this. The disciples were on the boat with Jesus, Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. And he entered the ship with his disciples. Behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves that he was asleep. The disciples came in and woke him, saying, Lord, save us unless we perish. He said unto them, Why are you fearful, fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose up, he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. Do y'all remember that? Do y'all remember that? Do you remember when Jesus put his disciples in the boat and a great storm like this came And he came walking on the water. Y'all remember that? He came walking on the water, and the Bible says he would have passed them, but they cried out to him. They cried out, and here's what Peter said. Peter said, Jesus, if you're really in this thing, let me do what you're doing. I want to do what you're doing. If you're really walking on water, let me walk on water. And Jesus to prove a point Says if you think you can do what I do When I do it Jump on the water Jesus starts walking uh, uh, Peter starts walking on the water to Jesus Got me? So now we have Jesus on the water Peter on the water Everybody got me? What happens to Peter? Peter begins to sink Why? Because they both could not walk on the same water At the same time Because it breaks the law of double bearing The woman couldn't flow, and Jesus flowed too. One of them had to stop. I'm going to nail this home to you. Peter couldn't walk on the water, even though Jesus bid him to walk on the water because they couldn't walk on the same water at the same time. Are you here? Let me tell you about Jesus, and I'm about done. You ready? Luke chapter 22, verses 42 through 44. Jesus is praying. Y'all remember this? He's in the garden praying. And he says, he goes one time, he says, Father, let this cup pass from me. Right? He was carrying a burden. He was yoked to the world. Are y'all hearing me? Watch this now. He's so yoked to the world that he goes back and he blasts his own disciples who gave their life for him, left their families, their businesses, everything to follow him, but he was under so much pressure of the yoke, he go back and blasts them, says, can you not tarry one hour? and He goes back to prayer. Prays again, carrying the yoke. Lord, let this cup pass from me. He goes back and what are they doing? They're doing what normal people do. They were asleep. He blasts them again. Can you not pray with me one hour? He goes and prays. Watch this now. Then all of a sudden, your Bible says that he prayed so hard carrying the yoke that he had to the world that his sweat became like blood. Are you here? There was a warfare going on. Then all of a sudden, Jesus said these words. Father, not my will but thou will be done. Watch this now. He stopped. He said, I'm not carrying it anymore. I can't carry it. I give it to you. Watch what he does. He gets up. He goes to the same disciples that are doing the same thing. They're asleep again. And you know what he says to them? Because it changed. The whole atmosphere of his life changed once he gave it to God. He walked back to him and he said, it's okay sleep." Why can't the church sleep in peace? Why can't we stop with our issues? Why can't we do what God has called us to do and quit bickering and fighting, gossiping, backbiting, living in sin? Why can't we be the church that God's called us to be with the power and the anointing that God has given us? You know why? It all hinges on one scripture. You ready? This is my closing. You guys can come. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You know what he's saying? Stop trying to carry something and expect God to carry it at the same time. It is a spiritual law That you have to abide by. Here's why God gets such a bad rap and we stay mad at him all the time. Because God is under his own law. The moment God speaks, his sovereignty is limited. God's sovereign. God's sovereign. He can do what he wants to do. We've already heard that. The moment God speaks, he now has to do what he spoke. Are you here? God will not carry things at the same time we're willing to carry them. He will not be yoked together with us because He knows that we're carnal. Are you here? There's a law of double bearing that God cannot break. If you're willing to carry it, He can't carry it at the same time. Are you here? Are you here? Now watch this. Some of you are tired of drugs. I'm tired of it. For my family. I want God to take it. Let me go ahead and probably be the first preacher to stand up and tell you he's not going to take it. Well, what do I do? You've got to cast it away from me. And I don't mean you take your yoke and you set it down beside you. This is what most of our altar calls look like, pastors. We get them to the altar call and they come with their yoke. And they come to the altar and they put it down beside them. They pray. You know what happens before they leave? Pick that joker back up. Or you know what happens in a week or two? They come and they pick that joker back up. Peter didn't say lay your burdens down. That's an old gospel song. Peter said, cast your cares upon him. It means get it away from him because you're under a spiritual law of double bearing. And if you're willing to carry it, God can't carry it. If you're willing to flow, God cannot flow if you're willing to walk on water God cannot walk on the same water that you walk in. you gotta get so sick and tired that you've tried everything that you say get it away from me I'm not gonna try to carry what you're willing to carry at one of our pastors I'm filthy. Look at Cody's coat up there. Look at that handprint. See it? That is prophetic. That is a handprint over your heart. In the name of Jesus, may God give you a heart for his people and a wisdom that comes from a pure heart. You're gonna love people Oh, my Lord, it's going to hurt you when people do wrong because you're going to love them like Jesus. And wisdom's going to come with that. And I rebuke the words that you've been telling yourself that you're inadequate, you're unprepared, you don't know what you're doing. I rebuke those words in the name of Jesus. You're anointed man of God with a heart of God. You're raising a prophet in your home. That little boy you got, he's a prophet. I'm telling you, he's a prophet. Mark my words. I'm telling you, that little boy come out on the stage when Pastor Marty, like he owned the place. He come out with his foot dragging behind him, like, man, are you here? Yeah, I'm filthy. All right. I'm going to get my staff members that got my props for me. Oh, I thank y'all for doing that. Do you know they drove all the way to Ella yesterday just to get that? I'm loved. I'm telling you, I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. I am telling you i am loved i am loved loved i do not know what I was going to say, but it was good. It was very good. got to give it to it. When you get in that water tonight, and we put those, will y'all put those over there on that put it, put it, put one of them over there on the front of the uh, there and put one of them over there because when you get in that water, don't you dare get in there if you're going to pick that thing back up when you get out. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it when you get in that water tonight everything that you've been yoked to is going to break off your life it's going to break off your life break off your life why? why is tonight any different than any other night? because you've heard you have heard the word of God it may have not been a structured perfectly sermon but you have heard the word of God you're going to give it to him. You. You're going to leave different. Somebody say amen. Stand to your feet. 8 p.m. on the nose. I'm a man under authority. Hallelujah. Did y'all get that tonight? Do you hear what I'm saying? God can't carry it and you carry it. pray for real quick before we open the baptism Lord lift your hands Father we bless you glory to God forever he's in this place (laughs) hallelujah he's here you watching by ISN network you watching by Facebook, YouTube whatever you're watching by Just lift your hands right now. God's going to touch you. Listen to me. God's begging you to give it to Him. He's begging you to give it to Him. Give me your issue. Quit trying to walk on the water. I'm willing to walk on. Throw down your will so I can pick it up. Now look at me. You know what they say? They say that when astronauts... Leave the pressure of gravity. Everybody got me? Gravity's what keeps us on the earth, right? You jump, gravity pushes you down. It's a force that's unseen. They say when astronauts are in space and the pressure of gravity is off of them, when they sweat, it's blood. Did you know that? Well, go Google it, my God we know everything else cause Google they say it's because there's no gravitational force so their sweat is blood when Jesus said I understand the law of double bearing not my will but thine be done the reason his sweat turned into blood is because the force (laughs) held him to this world was taken off of that shot I I heard in the spirit you'll leave tonight sweating blood in the name of Jesus because the weight that you've been carrying will be taken off not having an altar call. We're getting people in the water. Is that good? Are they ready? Miss Paula? Are they ready? Here's what I want to do. If you're a prayer and altar worker, I want you to come right over here if you're a prayer and altar worker. Because we need to pray for people tonight that maybe aren't getting in the water or maybe you are. getting baptized? Yep, just stand right there and we're going, to you can be right there. Stand right there. Prayer and altar workers we only got two Where are my prayer and altar workers? Come on up here Come on over here, prayer and altar worker. Because we're going to pray for you tonight, we're going to lay our hands on you, we're going to pray for you If you're getting baptized, come get in this line God shall remove the yoke off your neck just like our, our little prophet has said tonight God will remove the yoke you're watching by however you're watching God's removing the yoke off your neck He's removing the yoke off your neck in the name of Jesus He will carry it if you'll give it to Him but He will not be yoked with you because His will's perfect Father in the name of Jesus we open these altars we open these baptismal pools we say do what only you can do remove the yoke of bondage stop the issues we give our will to you tonight do what only you can do in Jesus name if you believe it say amen now you guys will just come right up here going to make one line. You're going to go to this gentleman and ladies, and they will give you a letter. Now, everybody listen. Once you get a letter, you can go back to your seat, and your letter will come up on this big screen. When the letter comes up on your screen, then you can go over here to the left, my my left and your right, and they'll make sure you get to where you need to be. Somebody say amen. Do you love Jesus? give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name.